In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There at the very gate of paradise, Adam and Eve found the way to the life-giving tree barred. It was not a lock in need of a key to open up the way. It was not a deep chasm that must be traversed. And it was not the gate of a great fortress which must be overthrown by strength of arms that barred their way. No, it was a sword. This flaming sword turned every way to bar access to the tree of life so that all who would approach God's presence, all who would live forever, would be under its curse. For this sword is the visible manifestation of the curse. You shall surely die, and dust you are, and to dust you shall return. For it is the sword which cleaves in two. It is the sword which divides body and soul. It is the sword which brings about death from life. And it is the curse of the sword which was brought by Cain upon his brother Abel, thus demonstrating the reality of this curse. All who are descendants of Adam, which is to say every human being who has ever walked this earth, is under the curse of this sword. We who were made for eternity, to dwell forever in the garden presence of God, have been barred from that paradise for which we were made. We who are made in the image of God find ourselves standing in Adam and Eve's place, at the very gate of paradise, unable to enter, unable to escape the pain of the sword's curse. For here in this place, God promises to meet us. Here in this place, he comes to us in his word and in his sacraments. Here in this place, we are offered the gift of eternal life, and yet it remains out of our grasp. Here we dwell in God's good creation, and yet the curse of the sword mars our lives at every turn. Whether it is Cain's sword of death, brought upon our loved ones, dramatically draining his or her life and taking him or her from us. Whether it is the sword of chronic illness, which threatens our livelihood and our lives, or whether it is the sword of our own death, which draws ever nearer, we are under the curse of the sword. Our mortality is real. Couldn't God take this sword from us? Couldn't he do away with the suffering that this curse has brought upon us? Couldn't he make all things right and bring us from this veil of tears onto the paradise for which we were created? But even here, at the very gate of paradise, at the place where God himself is present with his people, the manifestation of the sword's curse is all too real. You shall surely die. We know this all too well. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. We have seen this all too clearly. God's promise of eternal life is ours, but the curse of the sword remains upon us. 
So it was with the Blessed Virgin Mary. There she stood in the courts of the Lord's house, having received the purification and mercy of the Lord through her sacramental offering of the pair of birds. God's grace and promises were upon her. But now the old man Simeon approaches her who was hailed by the angel as the highly favored one who is blessed among women. He approaches with a strange blessing of his own. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sword which will be, and for a sign, rather, which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Though all was right in St. Mary's world at this moment, though the joy of her new son's birth could not have been greater, Adam and Eve's curse loomed in the future. Though Joseph and Mary rejoiced with Anna and those who looked for the redemption of God's people, Simeon's words would bring them back to reality. In this world filled with sin, joy is never pure and untainted by the curse of the sword. Even the moments of life most filled with bliss and elation, even in those moments, the sword will not depart from Adam's descendants on this side of eternity. And so it is that Simeon's prophecy would one day come true. A few short years in the future and but a short distance from this temple, St. Mary would feel this sword pierce through her own soul. There at the foot of the cross, the Blessed Virgin felt the worst kind of pain that a person can experience in this life as she looked upon her son's suffering and death. There at the foot of the cross, she stands looking upon her son. The feet that had kicked within her womb were pierced. The hands which she once held in her own were bleeding. The body which she had carried in her womb and held in her arms was now subjected to Caesar's sword-shaped cross of capital punishment. It's one thing to have a loved one die. It's another thing entirely to see one whom you love in agony as death approaches all too slowly. St. Mary looks on as her son submits to the sword. She is Eve, standing by as Abel is brutally killed. The sword that pierced St. Mary's soul upon Calvary's hill is in a very real way the same cursed sword which has pierced and will pierce you. This is the fruit of the tree of Satan's deception. All who are subject to this curse will be subject to death, even the most blessed mother of our Lord. And yet, yet there is a poetic nature to the death of St. Mary's son, for his death was not in vain. Simeon's prophetic blessing did not speak of a sword which would pierce St. Mary alone. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul, 
also. The sword which pierced the heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary was a sword, not the sword. And this piercing of St. Mary's soul was also accompanied by another piercing. Indeed, the piercing indicated by Simeon's prophecy of also was a greater piercing, the one which would redeem humanity. And so just as Adam stood idly by while the woman brought sin and the curse of the sword into the world through the fruit of the tree, so now does the woman stand idly by while the second Adam gives his body up to the sword to become himself the fruit of the tree for us men and for our salvation. Just as the flaming sword of the cherubim barred the way to the tree of life for the woman and for the first Adam, so now does the last Adam surrender himself to the flaming sword of hell for the redemption of mankind, and in so doing, the woman too is pierced. Now, let us be clear. The piercing of St. Mary's soul was not redemptive, for it is man who was cursed to return to the dust. And it is man, Jesus Christ alone, who redeemed and atoned for humanity's sin upon the tree of the cross. The piercing of St. Mary's soul was not redemptive for her or for us, and yet Christ does not become a curse for us and submit himself to the sword in such a way that prevents the rest of mankind from being pierced by the curse of the sword. For the wages of sin is death, and you will return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. Sin's consequences remain upon us by means of the sword on this side of eternity. Though Christ has poetically fulfilled all things, though he has redeemed us by enduring the fires of hell in our place, still the sword remains. It will continue to touch us. It will continue to hurt our loved ones, and it will one day in the not too distant in the not too distant future take your life as well. For the wages of sin is a return to the dust. And yet this child is destined for both the fall and the rising of many. Though your loved ones fall by the sword, though it claim your life too, this Christ child is still destined for the rising of many. He is destined to bring about your resurrection, and the resurrection of all who believe in him. And so it is that we gather here at the very gate of paradise. For this is the place where the Lord has promised to meet us in his word and in his sacraments. We gather here as did our first parents, because the sword has not departed from us. We are still in need of mercy. We are still in need of healing. We gather here at the very gate of paradise where the way to the life-giving tree has been barred to mankind, and yet we gather here because it is barred no more. We bring no key to unlock this gate. We have not traversed a great chasm to arrive here. We have not demonstrated a great feat of human strength and military victory to be granted access to paradise. Our Lord Jesus Christ has removed 
the flaming sword which kept our parents from the tree of life by suffering its piercing so that it can bar our way no more. Though we, like St. Mary, feel the effects of this sword's piercing, though the sword may still harm us in this life, it cannot bar the way to eternity any longer. Christ our Lord has been pierced for us. Hell's fiery sword has been extinguished. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus have become for us the fruit of the new tree of life. When we eat of this fruit of the cross in the Holy Communion, we are joined to eternity. We are given the medicine of immortality. Though the sword may take our loved ones, our health, and even our life, it can stand in our way no longer. Christ has overcome the curse of the sword. His redeeming death is our resurrection. Our suffering in this life is but a participation in the removal of that which once stood between us and the paradise for which we were created. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.